All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Better late than never. Welcome. It's favorite. Hello. Fucking Anton Lander. I like, really like the bank milk drawer. Mm-hmm. Bank milk. Uh-huh. This is Ceases. 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 <laughs> Tyler, your object is, is so, so fucking, fucking sexy. sexy. All right, Jesus. let's let's bring this down a second. Tom Lander. Let's just get to it. Better late than ever. Episode sixty-three. Let's get to it. A lot to get to before my friend Liam Harbin shows up for the podcast. Of course, you know Liam. You know Liam from HQ. I've got him as my guest today. We are going to talk about all kinds of things, including his love of movies. We're going to talk about him as a head scout for the Sherwood Park Crusaders. We're going to talk about the nation vacation that we leave for tomorrow to Las Vegas. If you didn't book in on this trip, I mean, I don't know what you're doing with your life. You might need to reevaluate your priorities. I don't, I'm not saying that that's a thing for sure, but that's something for you to decide, you know? Like, if you look at us tomorrow, when we land in Vegas tomorrow night and we hit the strip and you feel jealous, well, don't say your pal bag milk didn't warn you this would happen. Uh, before we get started, though, I need to check in, of course, with our friends at the audio department. Go check them out at theaudiodepartment.ca. Book some studio time, record a podcast, make an album, do whatever you want to do. Just like the fine folks at Purity Ring, White Horse, Shout Out 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 Out, Striker, Royal Tusk, The Dungarees, Nice Horse, Dan Davidson, Joe Nolan, Maddie, uh, Maddie Storvold, and many, many, many more. Check them out at theaudiodepartment.ca. 
First, we are going to talk real quick about Vegas. I'm just so excited. I haven't been on one of these trips uh, in a while. Like I went to LA in May for the playoffs, last May, I guess now, but that's almost a year ago, right? I went to Toronto in August. That's cool, but I haven't been to Vegas since we went down there pre, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Before the thing happened. So I'm excited. That's three years I haven't been down to Las Vegas. That's way too long for me. So to go down there on a plane with 50 Oilers fans, 50 nation citizens, I'm so excited. We got some staff there. We got a bunch of stuff planned for while we're down there. We're going to the game. I'm super excited on it. Provided, of course, that the Oilers can, you know, handle their part of the equation for once. Right? But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Other news from your boy Bag Milk this week is that uh, I stopped paying for Twitter and therefore my blue check mark went away. <laughs> why are you laughing at me? Are you laughing at me because I paid for Twitter in the first place? I told you this weeks ago. I told you why I did it. I told you that I just wanted to see what it was like to actually go through the process of verification. Turns out there is no process. They just give you the blue check mark and they zing your credit card. Well, I've decided I don't want to pay for Twitter. I think it's dumb. There was zero value for me on my end. I thought that maybe, you know, having the ability to bump up to the top of threads because I got the blue check mark, blah, blah, blah. I thought it might help promote the podcast. I thought it might be good to promote my articles at ON. But the reality is none of that stuff happened. Nothing changed. In fact, my followers declined over the time I had the blue check mark. So in my opinion, to me, just not worth it. It's not worth it at all. And I really had no interest in paying money for just, I don't even know what it is. It's like you get the check mark that now is invalid because you've moved actual verified people or companies anyway to a gold check mark. I don't get it. Not worth the money. Anyway, super excited about Vegas tomorrow. Shout out to our friends at AMA Travel for putting all this together. I cannot wait to get to the airport through security and to the Chili's so that I can have a double Caesar before the flight. I just cannot wait. So that's why we got a lot to get through. We're going to move through it quickly. It's time for the news. The news. Reporting live from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Bagged milk checking in. Better late than never news studio. I am in here. Frank is in here. I shut the door so he couldn't leave. <laughs> Frank doesn't like when I record the podcast. I even set him up the Frank mic. He's nowhere near it right now. There's no point in having it on, but he is in the room. I'm hoping I'm going to get some Frank audio today. Right now, he is investigating some of the cables. He doesn't know what they do behind the TV. I'd recommend that you don't do that, pal. Nah, he doesn't care. Frank, you want a snack? Here you go, buddy. Can you hear this? That's Frank's little bag of treats that I got down here. Every time he comes down to my office slash recording studio. I'll give him a little snack. So there you go, buddy. Go get yourself a snack. Kicking off the news. How could we not start with what's going on with the Edmonton Oilers right now? How could we not? Their last two games have been insanely disappointing. Last week, we were checking in on Wednesday. On the Thursday, we heard that the Oilers had a players-only meeting. They went out and absolutely dummied the New York Islanders. And I got excited. I'll admit it. I got excited. I thought maybe they were turning a corner. I thought maybe that something was going to happen. But as Rick, my roommate for the nation vacation this week, aptly put it, he's like, listen, they've done one-off performances like this before. I ain't getting excited about nothing. Not until they show that they can do this consistently. So that's kind of where we're at. And I, I don't know what the answer is there. Can they 
perform consistently? I don't know, because I'm telling you that they had the opportunity to beat the Avalanche on Saturday. Avalanche missing half their team, it seems like, still lost. Still got widely outplayed. And then they blew another two-goal lead in the third period. Super annoying. And then on Monday against LA, just dog shit performance by the penalty kill. Awful. Just terrible. So what we've got left for the rest of the week is tonight we've got the uh, Anaheim Ducks. I am betting heavy on that with my friends at Betway. I just... In my heart of hearts, I have to believe that the Oilers are going to play this game super pissed off. And if they don't, man, am I going to be angry. I don't plan on necessarily doing a beat cast tonight, but I'm probably going to do one because no matter what happens, I'm going to have something to say. So tonight has to be a must win. Friday has to be a must win. We will be doing a watch party at Tom's Watch Bar in New York, New York. If you're listening to this before Friday and you're making wear down to Vegas, or if you know somebody who's in Vegas, but maybe not even on the nation vacation, Hit us up. We will be there on Friday for the game against San Jose. And then, of course, on Saturday, we will be at T-Mobile Arena. We'll be screaming our faces off. I'm bringing throwable hats. I would love nothing more than to do my third hat trick hat toss in an opposing arena. There's just something special about throwing your hat after a hat trick in somebody else's barn, you know? I did it in Calgary. I did it in L.A., And damn it, I want to do it in Vegas too. I'm even bringing a hat I'm going to wear to the game that I just think is kind of shitty. I'm expecting to throw a hat. I'll put it that way. Now, we are 0 for 2 in Vegas on Nation Vacation, so the Oilers also have to pull up their end of the bargain because I will be going in there red hot, partying, betting, manifesting, everything I need to do as a fan in an opposing arena, I will be doing. I will be doing. Looking ahead at some other stuff, Vincent DeHarnay should be making his Oilers debut tonight against the Anaheim Ducks, and I know a lot of um, a lot of Oilers fans are excited about him because he kind of came out of nowhere. You know, he kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. He all of a sudden had a really, really strong season in Bakersfield last year, and he's getting his first NHL call up. So he is known as a shutdown defenseman, just a monster dude. He is listed at six foot six, two hundred and fifteen pounds, so he is just a monster. My guy looks forty, even though he's twenty six. Right handed defenseman, shut down guy. 13 games played with the Bakersfield Condors. He has got two assists. Again, we are not talking about a guy who generally puts up a lot of points. Our friend, Bruce Kerlock, our prospect expert at OilersNation.com, says, Vinny DeHarnay is a defense-first shutdown defender. He's adapted playing both sides at the AHL level despite being a right-hand shot. His size, reach, and willingness to block shots without regard for his body makes him a great penalty killer. He's a very physical player who can shut down the cycle using his body. He also isn't afraid to throw him, although his injury to his hand and wrist prevented him from doing so. The issue for DeHarnay at the NHL level will be his lateral mobility. East-West attacks give him challenges and players who can get the puck into the triangle between his feet and stick do as well. His passing skills will be challenged as well at this level. Can he outlet the puck to skill players in a tight window? He played a lot with Philip Broberg on a 1D pairing with the Condors. We will see how he is used tonight. Chances are if he does actually play by the time we get going at 8 o'clock on this Wednesday day he's not gonna play very many minutes if vincent deharnay can come in tonight and just be completely quiet man that's a win isn't it you gotta think that's a win the oilers need guys that can break down or shut down the cycle and if he is one of those dudes then i love the addition to the roster already but when it comes to defensemen we're entering the silly season right everybody knows that the oilers need d-men so the insiders are out Today, Frank Saravalli from dailyfaceoff.com, he was on 
uh, he was on Tyler's show. What are you doing, buddy? Hey, hey, don't dig in there. That is not for digging. That's a carpet, buddy. I don't want you digging in there. Thank you. Thank you very much. If you're going to do that, get on mic at least, you know? Give me some audio I can use. Um, Frank Cervalli was on Frank's, or on, Frank is Frank. He was on Tyler's show today, and he was talking about Jacob Chikorin. Doesn't sound like he thinks he's a great option for the Oilers because of the injury issues that he's faced. He's never played a full season. Uh, other things is he's a shooter on the power play, so he's probably not going to help out a whole lot there, and the cost of acquisition is going to be high. So Frank, he told Tyler, and I'm paraphrasing here, doesn't really think that it's going to happen. Other insiders, though, of course, they are chiming in. Per Pierre Lebrun on insider trading, Ken Holland isn't panicking about the current situation whatsoever. He has made calls on Chikrin and Edmondson, but Ken thinks the team needs to play better first if they're going to make a deal like that. And I was thinking about that last night. I go, you fuck. I always get excited about trades, and I always get excited about silly season, but nothing ever seems to happen for us Oilers fans, does it? Not unless you get really excited about a Jared Smithson-type trade. Though, to be fair, there have been a couple over the last handful of years that I got excited about. I was excited about Andreas Athanasiu. I didn't know there was a pandemic coming. I didn't know that the salary cap was going to be flat. I didn't know that we'd be trading two second-round picks for like 10 games of that guy, 13 games of it, whatever he was. At the time, I liked it. I love the Brett Kulak trade from last year. He is one of the Oilers' most reliable defensemen, and that's kind of what I'm expecting. But per uh, Derek Dreger also chimed in. He says the Oilers have also made calls to Minnesota about Matt Dumba. I asked Frank about that. We were on the phone today, and he goes, yeah, of course they would kick tires on Matt Dumba. He would help a lot. But even though Minnesota's going into a cap crunch, I don't know why they would trade him. So we'll see. The thing that I'm taking away here is that the Oilers aren't just kicking tires on low-level players. These are guys that could actually make an impact. We're talking about a Chikorin and a Dumba, of course. I have no problems with an Edmondson thing, but the, the cost of acquisition is just going to be too high. That's my opinion for, a, for the type of defenseman he is. Again, I don't know anything about anything. We'll see what actually happens. In other news that I want to touch on, because this one's an important one, if you missed the Evander Kane interview last week, on the Real Life Podcast, go check that one out. When it comes to Kane, Darren Dreger said, we have moved now to a day-by-day situation as the timeline continues to change. A week ago, it was suggested that he would come back around the All-Star break. This morning, word is that Evander Kane could be ready as early as the 19th versus Tampa Bay or the 21st against Vancouver. If those are the dates... We could legitimately be just over a week away. Tomorrow would be a week away from that Tampa Bay game. We could get Evander Kane back in the game against the team that actually put him out. It's a weird little coincidence, but man, do we need him. Listen, I was sitting in the same room as that dude. I shook his hand. He is a beast of a man. He's not that much taller than me, but everything else, his shoulders were probably doubled the width. Huge dude. And we know what he can do on the score sheet. We know what he can do with his hands. Again, though, we don't want him fighting right now, not with the state of his handings currently. We need that swagger back. So the news potentially that Evander Kane could come back as early as a week from now, eight days from now, man, that's exciting to me because we need him in the biggest way. What happens from there, though? I have no idea what happens from there because the Oilers don't have any cap space. We know this. So what are they going to do? How are they going to clear the $3.5 million that they need to clear off their books to make sure that Evander Kane can get back in there? 
So when it comes to what that looks like, the folks at puckpedia.com have got some ideas to activate. Kane, the Oilers could be down to exactly $0 cap space in LTR with 21 active players on the roster. They would have to send down one player making $1.125 million. So there's Ryan, Derek Ryan. There's Matthias Janmark. There's Pooley Yarvi. If that would be the savings if he got waived. There's Fogel. That would be the savings if he got waived. They could send Shore down. They could send DeHarnay down. They could put Murray on the LTIR alternatively they could go with the 20-man roster and send four players down making less than one million bucks i'm gonna guess that they would go with the shortened roster but again i have no idea check out puckpedia on twitter they've got a breakdown of a potential cap solution for the oilers once evander kane comes back all i know for sure is that the the roster is just better with him in it we need him back and i'm gonna take that as a win at least on my end let me know what you think. I don't know how effective he's going to be to start, to be honest, but let's be let's be fair to the guy. He hasn't played since November 8th. We've also got a problem that if you look at the Oilers' stats right now, who is their fifth leading point scorer as a forward? I'm going to let you take a couple of seconds here. Just a couple of seconds. See if you can figure it out. You know? Do you know who could do it? I'll give you the answer. In. It's still Evander Kane. Yep, you guessed it. After Connor, Leon, Nuge, and Hyman, it is still Evander Kane who is fifth in forward scoring from the Edmonton Oilers, and that is something that absolutely needs to change. Cannot be that way. How is it that nobody has got more than 13 points from the forward group? Shocking. Shocking. But the good news is, as I mentioned, sounds like we're going to be getting him back, and that is a very, very important piece of news. The news is brought to you by me. Email me, bagmilkedoilersnation.com, if you want to sponsor this segment on the podcast. It is wide open for you. This podcast gets more views and downloads than you probably think. We'll cut you a deal. Ahoy there, listener. You're listening to Better Late Than Never, the number one podcast for testicular-related discourse in the entire Edmonton metro area. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. 
Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Liam, is that you? For our friends at Trilogy Oil Field Rentals, I'm happy to welcome Liam from Nation HQ onto the podcast. We've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. First, I need to tell you that Trilogy Oilfield Rentals are an established provider of oilfield rental tools with full-time operating units in Provost, Weyburn, and Kindersley. They also provide seasonal and project-specific stations in Fort St. John, Fort McMurray, Lac La Biche, and other locations as customers require. Get your details at TrilogyRentals.ca. Fort St. John, Fort McMurray, Lac La Biche. Liam, have you done any scouting in any of those cities? I have I have been to Fort St. John every summer for the last four years. Not for hockey, I imagine. Not for hockey. There's no hockey there in the summer. But one of my very good friends who lived in Shore Park, we went to junior high together, moved to Fort McMurray. So every year I drive up there with one of my friends and spend a week there or however long it is. It's actually not too bad. The weather gets quite nice. Lots of lakes around there. So there's a lot of boating, a lot of just chilling, quadding, whatever it is. Long days in the summer too, I imagine. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's actually uh, it's quite it's quite a good spot. Maybe not the quadding. Actually, I, I lied a little bit there. I am, I am terrified of quadding. I quadded there once, and I just like went down, like went up this huge hill, and then saw what was on the other side, and wasn't a fan of of figuring that out. So I just got off. I just got off the quad. It's funny you say that because like I'm not a quadder either. My brother is a big dirt biker. He loves that shit. He loves quads. I've got my brother-in-law as well owns quads and they like to do trails where they're almost sideways and shit. Mm. So a couple of years ago, he goes, let's, let's go on the, let's go on the quad and let's do some of the trails. I'm like, okay, that sounds fun to me. Like I'm adventurous. I like new things. But what I realized that I very much like is going at my own pace mm-hmm. at an even playing field i don't want to feel like i'm gonna fall off so i learned very quickly that that is not for me yep i'm i'm 100 with you i actually when i lived in england i used to have like a, a dirt bike when i was like 10 or 11 maybe even mm-hmm. younger to be honest and i used to go around this track and it was it wasn't too bad like there's a few bumps here and there but it was like fairly easy to do and for whatever reason it's one time i like hit a brick and just went flying and yeah. ever since then the fear has set in and i will never ever get on a, a dirt bike again it's not just for me those, it's just one of those things that i don't need it in my life yeah unless we're gonna take a leisurely stroll or like a leisurely cruise I, it's just not for me i'm more i think i've realized i'm more of a moped guy like i could see myself getting a vespa oh yeah and maybe a nice scarf so it's flapping in the wind behind me mm, and i'm on my fr- way like to get the a, french well that there's my heritage they, there you go. i'm on my way to get an espresso or something like that i could see myself doing that but no, I don't. I don't want to be dirt bike or aquatic. Um, Liam, I want to start off with you with your time at Oilers Nation. Mm-hmm. You came. You've been around about two years now, give or take. And I just kind of want to know from your perspective because I'm always interested when people come into the company how it started. So, how did you first hear about ON, or even that there was an opportunity to come work with us? So. I, Tyler called me, like I, I was working with Shula Park and their media team. And then uh, one day, Tyler and I have done a lot of stuff together over the years. We both went to Nate together and kind of just kept in touch. One of the few people I actually still speak to from the program. And he just called me one day and was like, hey, like, do you want to come and, and help out on the DFL, run- DFL rundown? He's like, all I need you to do is you get the full video and then just kind of make it into somewhat of a TV show. Yep. And then that turned into grabbing some clips and then just kind of progress from there. And then 
I got dropping the gloves put on my plate as well. And then eventually Tyler just called me. That was probably after like four months, maybe my, not even that long. And then was like, Hey, do you want to just come and work here all the time? And I said, a hundred percent. So that's kind of like the short form of it. It was, but it was just like, I never really applied for anything. I guess you could say Tyler just kept giving me these promotions in, in a way. And now here I am. Had you known what ON was before? Yeah, yeah, I knew what it was. My dad, my dad, uh, dad loves Oilers Nation before it was even a thing. Like he would, he would submit himself into all these competitions. Like I remember one, it was when um, it was like a dog competition or something, like a dog picture competition. I think, I think I spoke to Dan about this. It might have been him that set it up, but he took a picture with his Kachuk turtle T-shirt. Like he bought, he you buy all these shirts, and he loved that one, so he bought that. And he took a picture of our dog, Charlie, and like submitted it to the competition. Um, I remember the first interaction I had with Oilers Nation, though, was what? So I lived here in 2007. Then I went back to England for three years. And I came back in 2010. So in 2007, my dad and I were at Millennium Place in Shore Park. And we got these shirts that were just white shirts. I think I still might have it. that just said Oilers Nation on the front. And that was kind of like my first. At that like, like trade show a- thing? Yeah, it was a trade show. So that would have been me working there. Oh, no way. That well, that's hilarious. So that, that was we did that, yeah, the uh at the Millennium Place. We did that I think for 3 or 4 years in a row. Yeah, that was me there all weekend. Yeah, and I think the shirts were free. I think they were just given away. Or maybe or they, they were dirt like cheap. 5 bucks or something like that if they were just the white ones if I remember correctly. Yeah, so it's just a white shirt. Yeah, I still have it. It's uh yeah, and it just said Oilers Nation. It was this massive logo and that was kind of like my first interaction to what Oilers Nation was. And then I came back and just kind of Tyler introduced it to me again, I guess, when we were at Nate. And then, yeah, I just kept looking and said the Twitter was Twitter and like social media was kind of the place where I saw it the most, I guess. And then yeah. just grew to find out more and more about it. And then, yeah, it was it's, it's a pretty cool place to say the least. Well, since you've been around a couple of years at this point, what is one of the most like what is what have you learned about working at ON that maybe you wouldn't expect or if somebody's listening to this right now? So a lot of the reasons I ask you some of these questions is people listening to this podcast like to know the show behind the show a little bit. Mm-hmm. So what's something like from HQ or just working with other people that maybe you don't people that just read the site or listen to the podcast may not know? Uh, I guess just like how good the environment is. Like, it's very rare that you can, like, I've worked at a variety of places from Chinese buffet to arts at Michael's and stuff like What's that. What's the best so, item at the Chinese buffet? It was the um, the Shanghai noodles. Love Shanghai noodle. Fantastic. Fantastic. And also, I think the lemon chicken was a big one. I did enjoy that. So Love over that. the years, I, I got to identify what was good on the buffet because I got it after every shift. So that was awesome. But just to ON, like, everyone just kind of gets along. Like, it's such an easy place to go to work and just enjoy it every day. Like, I could be there 95 every single day, and I would have a fantastic day every single time. And I think just everyone playing on the same, like, playing field, too. Like, no one's, like, like, obviously, we have, like, bosses and all that stuff. But, like, everyone seems to be, like, fighting with each other to, like, advance and do everything for themselves and, like, make everything better. And I I think it's just such a great place to work. And then, like, on the podcast, it's kind of... It's kind of funny just like when we're all just, I don't know, like the things I always laugh at is like when we're in the room 
and we someone notices like someone's about to say something and they just stare across the room at the other person like ah is he gonna say it is this gonna happen like that's something i always always enjoy but yeah it's just been i think every day is just awesome working at oilers nation and every like daily face-off too i suppose in a way I think it's interesting to how I'm, it's interesting to hear you say that we're all pushing in the same direction because when I first started, it was like that too. And I've been around a long time at this point, but we made it kind of like a conscious point of not talking down to anybody, no matter mm-hmm. what your role is in the company. So I just like to hear that you kind of feel it as well, that it's just, it could be Jay hanging out in the common area or I'm in the common area or Wanya's in there. And it's just, we're all Oilers fans at the end of the day, and we're all trying to move the website, the podcast, the shows. We're all trying to move them forward. Yeah, and like, you know, like some places are just different, I suppose. You kind of need that in some environments. Like at one of the places I worked, like I was I was on the same playing field as like some of the people who were like way older than I was, and they would, they would just talk down to you all the time as if like what you were doing was wrong. But like, yeah, Oilers Nation, I also love like just the creativity of it all. Like if we have an idea, it's very, very rarely shot down, if ever. Like you're kind of like free to experiment and see what works. And sometimes it sticks, sometimes it doesn't. And I think that's such an important thing to keep everything so positive. Like being Oilers fans, it's not always easy. We've kind of experienced that this week alone, but it's... Uh, Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, but I think that's also, I would assume that's something that's like helped the company in a way too. Like it's been dark days from the majority of the time that the company's been around unfortunately and i'm sure like that creativity kind of comes from well nothing's going right on the ice so we may as well try and do some things on the website to make all those fans feel better about it we literally had a party to end the decade of darkness we threw a massive (laughs) shaker shortly after the oilers clinched in 2016-17 it was the first time we ever got to do it yeah, I mean, it's something to celebrate for sure. Like, and now we're in supposed to be this positive time for the team. I think it still is in, in most ways. But yeah, I mean, I think I celebrate the decade of darkness just seeing Connor McDavid. Do you remember where you were when McDavid, when the Oilers won the draft lottery? 100%. I will never, I'll never forget. I was, I was wrapping yarn at Michael's and <laughs> on the shelf. I got in. <laughs> And I got a notification and it was like, the Edmonton Oilers win the draft lottery. So I wasn't watching. I was like, holy smokes. Like it actually happened. Like we actually are going to get Connor McDavid. And I remember just the lead up to the draft the whole time. I was like, what if, what if they don't take him? What if they screw this whole thing up? Cause like, it would be so Oilers if they had to take an Eichel. I mean, it was, it was tough to miss on it, but yeah, like it wouldn't have, it was a whole mindset for me going into the time. And now, now I look at Oilers in like a different way. Like I think they actually do make a lot of good decisions and stuff. So just to show where the organization's kind of gone in that sense of things, I guess. So for years, we used to do almost a full day, game day coverage for draft lottery. Mm-hmm. It was a because, big day. Because for the Oilers, that was our Stanley Cup. And <laughs> yeah. we used to do full game day coverage. And to answer your question, yes, I remember where I was because that day at Nation HQ, which was the old one uh, upstairs at Little Brick, just down the road from our current office, we were talking about, do you take Dylan Strom? Do you take Noah Hannafin at number three? Like, mm-hmm. they'll be decent players, I guess, but, you know, it's not where we want. Like, we want Connor. Like, but oh, well, it, it is the way it is. So we decided ultimately not to do our usual draft lottery shtick and not do the game day prediction and not do what 
it's going to mean for the team to win first overall. And then that night when they were actually showing it on the broadcast, I had it on in the background, Mora's noise, not that I was paying attention. I just happened to be watching hockey that day. Mm-hmm. So then when they flipped the golden ticket to the Edmonton Oilers and it went by, I just, I remember freezing in my kitchen and looking at the TV. I go, wait, what? So I ran to the TV and rewound to make sure that my eyes weren't lying to me. And then as mm-hmm. soon as I did that, Wanye called me. He was in a parking lot at Earl's. He was screaming just like, oh my God, oh my God, they won. Oh my God, they're getting Connor McDavid. I just ran out of a meeting. They don't even know why I left. And then he just hung up on me. I was like, so that did happen. I'm not then, dreaming. Then the very next day, you know how we do, Liam. We released a t-shirt the very next day mm-hmm. with the lottery balls on the front. Awesome. And a big 97 on the back. And we sold so many of those shirts. So many of them. And at that time, I was still shipping Nation Gear. Mm-hmm. So I was doing bag milk shit. I was doing my other shit. And then I was doing Nation Gear down in the basement at Little Brick. I spent weeks shipping those t-shirts. It's, weeks. It's uh, it's kind of funny, though, isn't it? Because like like you said, like nobody really cared about that draft lottery at all. No. Because there was nothing to care about. Like you said, we were kind of looking at Noah Hannafin and Dylan Strom. And if we were lucky, maybe we got Eichel if if whoever was second screwed it up but yeah like I, I I had no intentions of like most of the time like I would just go into the break room if I wanted to watch something on the Oilers but yep. I, I didn't honestly didn't even know it was on that day like it just kind of happened it's one of those things I just snuck up wasn't on the calendar and now here we are you might get 160 points this year and just happy to have you here Connor if you're listening which I know you are of course he is he is a regular listener. He leaves messages on the voicemail. Uh, righteous sack beat incoming from Connor McDavid. Yes. I don't want to talk about the Oilers with you too much, but I have to ask, since you had Frank Saravalli on Oilers Nation every day today, that's the live show that you and Tyler do every day at noon, mostly every day, depending on what the schedule looks like on the weekend. But I know he was talking about Jacob Chikorin. A lot of Oilers fans kind of have him circled as their target. What did Frank have to say about that today? He kind of, so I believe he has an article out on Daily Faceoff about it too, but the gist of it was like, Jacob Chikrin isn't going to like, he's not going to damage the team by any means, of course, but like the value that Arizona wants might not be worth it for every team. Like, so basically Chikrin, from what Frank was saying, is a middle pairing defenseman, offensively minded, kind of maybe sometimes makes his reads incorrectly, which cause errors. And he's a power play specialist. And he, he did say he's like, he's a, he's a pretty elite power play guy, but he's not, he's not your Tyson Berry on the point. Like he's a shooter. So right. he kind of made the point and all that. And I just kept thinking, I was like, he sounds exactly like the defenseman the Oilers already have. Like, don't we already have a defenseman that sometimes makes bad reads in Darnell nurse and someone on the power play who can fire the park, like Evan Bouchard, like, is it worth the two first round picks and potentially Broberg or Holloway or whoever it is to get him? Like Frank pretty much alluded to like, probably not. Um, He did say if he was kind of looking at the Oilers and like what he would do, he would just go with like a shutdown guy like Gavrikov. He would be his pick, but he did also mention like the Oilers don't know what they want yet. They don't know if they want an offensive guy or a defensive guy, which feels a little worrying, but (laughs) they're also actively talking to teams as we speak so he said something could happen in the next 10 days or the next 10 minutes so stay locked in stay locked in anything could happen 
Along those lines, before we move on, uh, Pierre Lebron said on Insider Trading that Ken Holland isn't panicked about the situation. He's made calls on Jacob Chikrin. He's also made calls on Edmondson. Darren, Dre- Darren Dreger added that the Oilers have also made calls on Minnesota about Minnesota's Matt Dumba, which I thought mm-hmm. was an interesting name. Any of those kind of tickle your fancy of those three? Do you have a preference there? Uh, I mean, Matt Dumba would be good. I I don't know why Minnesota would shop Me him. Though. Frank kind of said, too, he's like, I don't think they are shopping him. So it's interesting that one, but who were the other names? Sorry, Edmondson and, and Chikrin. I don't know if I want either of those guys after what Frank said today about Chikrin. And the thing for Edmondson for me is like, yeah, he's a good defender. I'm not denying that. I have also come out actively and said he is not welcome in this city after what he did to Zach Hyman. That and I will true. stand by that. Yep. But he also has a year left in his deal at like three million. Do you really want to do that? Like, why do you want to restrict yourself even more? when the cap is looks like it's not really moving. Like, I just think we, Ken Holland should want to have that flexibility. And surely there's somebody out there who's of the same quality as Edmondson, right? Like, I don't have any names, but there's got to be somebody kind of like that. Like, I would just like them to find a Brett Kulak, someone yes. on that same deal. Like, Nemo Line in a second and whatever it was, like a seventh or something like that for Kulak. Like, that would be awesome for the Oilers. If I had to use a banana ranking of one to five. Hmm. How many bananas would you give the idea of the Oilers actually acquiring a big fish before the deadline? I would give it one banana. I would give it two bananas. I isn't. I don't really know. Like, there's so many names out there that are massive. Surely the Oilers are in on one of them, right? Surely. Yeah, I just I think I give one banana because I've been hurt so many times before, and yeah. the heart doesn't forget, Liam. You know. I'm, I'm with you. That's kind of what I felt the other day on Oilers Nation Radio when we were talking about the playoff chances. Like uh, the game against LA, just like it kind of broke me a little bit. It kind of just made me feel terrible about this team at the moment, and I'm finding it tough to be like optimistic about what happens next. I think they'll be like fine in the long run, but what is Holland gonna do? I believe I believe in Ken Holland. I believe he'll go out and get the pieces they need. Is it going to be a Jonathan Taves or are we going to look at like, I don't know. I can't even think of like a random third line center in the league, but like, that's kind of what it feels like in a way too. It's like, he's just going to miss on those big guys and just grab like a couple of the little guys and hope it works. Like Sam Lafferty keeps go- keeps getting thrown out there. I don't get it. Like what is Sam Lafferty really going to do? People keep saying he's a penalty killer. Well, didn't the Oilers have like a top half of the uh, penalty kill last year with like these same guys? Yep. It's clearly the system, not the players. Yeah, Sam Lafferty with the Chicago Blackhawks right now. 33 games played, four goals, eight assists, 12 points. Another guy from Chicago that's been rumored to have ties to the Oilers is Jake McCabe. That was from Elliot Friedman last weekend. But everybody on earth knows the Oilers need a defenseman. uh, So I imagine they're going to be tied to every defenseman under the sun between now and the start or the end of the trade deadline. So Mm -hmm. stay tuned. I want to touch on the banana thing because I brought it up already. Um, By my counts, and correct me if I'm wrong, that was kind of the first thing that you had where nation citizens grabbed onto a really minute detail from a conversation and turned it into a shtick. Yeah. From your perspective, what was it like to go from just casually mentioning you ate bananas during the playoffs to now it's people make gifs of you or people make memes of you. You're getting banana related mm-hmm. presents from your in-laws. What's that been like from your perspective? 
There's one right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People can't see that, but it is literally a Lego man in a banana suit, which I got for Christmas. Um, It was weird. It was really weird. Like, when I started doing it, I didn't have that like i put it out there obviously as like a joke like i was doing it but i just wanted people to kind of laugh and i guess for people who don't know the reason it happened was so i would go to my parents house every single game during the playoffs and watch with my dad and i would sit in the chair and the first thing i could see to the left of me in the kitchen was the fruit bowl and it was always bananas just hanging there (laughs) so obviously playoffs are stressful especially when the oilers are in them so I just would grab these bananas and just eat them. Wouldn't even think about what I was eating, just slam them down. And I can't remember what the first treat was, like probably how many I had. And then all of a sudden it just like kept growing and growing and growing. And it was, I felt a lot of pressure, you know, sometimes you guys got to eat a banana and to make the people happy. So that's what it was. And it was, (laughs) (laughs) it was interesting. And now people like, it's always gets brought up. It always gets brought up that like, like I said, my parents bought me stuff for Christmas that was banana related. Uh, I've been on After Dark, the new uh, post game show that we yep. have with Connor Harley, and everyone was just commenting like, "How many bananas did you have tonight, Liam?" And it's it's so funny now, just like how far it spread, and it it just a credit to Oilers Nation citizens, like it just kind of grabbed a bit and they just run with it for forever. And I think it's, it's very funny. And when I went back to England, I I like told like my grandparents about it and they were like oh <laughs> nice man like they didn't find it funny at all <laughs> it's just funny like if you're not within like the the circle of the joke like it's just not very funny but people who get it get it and it's uh it's a good little bit and i guess the burger review is kind of coming along now too that's my my second bit i guess you could say and when i put them out there there is no intention behind me trying to like grab onto something i just for the burger one, I just wanted to do it. I just, I go to all these rinks all the time. I wanted to rank the burgers. I always get one. And now people are just ask, like people ask about that too. And I just think it's very funny. You said your dad was a, was a fan of ON before you started working with us. Um, what did he think when you, when you told your dad to like, I got a job at Oilers Nation? Yeah, they were, I think they were just pumped that I was actually getting a job that paid me some money to write. Some oh yeah. Stuff. Nice. Talk about yeah. teams more than anything because that's kind of just what I did for a long time with all these other websites. But he was he was pretty jacked up. I think he made like a Facebook post about it. Like he is uh they were pretty proud and it was uh it's good and like I guess they got like a little soft like when my we moved here so like my parents thought there'd be more opportunity for my sister and I to like develop like what we actually wanted to do in life and in, sure. in England that wasn't there. So I think they were just like really pumped to see like we actually were able to because my sis my f- sister's doing a lot of stuff with, like physio and stuff so mm. i think they're just glad to see that we're accomplishing stuff we actually want to do and like having success in our lives and i'm like he was he was very pumped and he, he got twitter and everything now i spoke about it the other week just yeah. so he could like keep track of stuff and like tweet he tweets at tyler all the time and it's so funny and he just he just loves the oilers and i think yeah just the fact i'm with oilers nation is just like a little bonus for him too if you missed out on it the other day on on radio my favorite part was that your dad has tweets in his drafts that are locked in and ready to go for certain situations yeah yeah so that's what he does he uh he just got twitter so my my dad's like a big he loves instagram he loves like he just got into photography so he takes a bunch of pictures and everything and uh 
he, he just got Twitter to try and keep up with, like, I guess, our work or his nation. And so what he does, he initially got it and he couldn't type <laughs> quick enough in the moment to, like, get his tweets out there. So he just started, like, ske- like typing in his tweets, finding, like, the perfect GIF and then saving it in his drafts and then was, would tweet it out when the moment happened. And the other day I witnessed this live. So I found out about it and it was when Yamamoto scored the shorthanded goal. Yep. And five five minutes after it happened, he's oh no. I was like, what? Like they were literally in a commercial break. He's like, I forgot to send out my tweet that I drafted. <laughs> so now he's just he's gotta wait for another shorthanded goal before we see it. But he's uh he's a, he's very funny on that with that stuff. I'm glad that you came into the company at the time you did so that your you know your parents can have that sense of pride. Mm. I left when I joined Weathers Nation full time because I was doing freelance stuff just you know for no money essentially i was running the twitter account for like a hundred bucks a month i was writing a weekly for like 50 bucks a month like i was basically doing it just for some some beer money essentially is what i was doing it for i had a full-time job at uh, a big company um a big multi international company (laughs) and uh i was doing the management training program where you kind of you start at the bottom and you kind of circle your way up as you move along and do more jobs. And that was kind of what I was doing. And I thought that's what I was going to be doing. And then when I got the opportunity to bail and go to Oilers nation full time, my dad, who is an engineer and also in the air force, he looked at me and he goes, are you fucking crazy? You're quitting a job at a company that big, like with options of pensions and all that kind of stuff to go work at a website like and then i took him to our old office which was in the back of a fountain tire at that time mm. and he just looks around he's like what in the fuck are you doing <laughs> so now it's funny we had that to, to stay on the soft side we had uh we kind of had a, a conversation he and i six months ago where he goes you know what pal you took a major risk 10 years ago or whatever it is now to quit that job and go work there. And he's like, it's really amazing to see what the company has done over that decade. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, you made the right call, but he's like, I got to tell you, I thought you were absolutely nuts. He's like, I did not understand you at all. He's like, I didn't tell you is what my real feelings were at the time, but he's just like, well, I've got a feeling my kid's going to be moving back home anytime soon. Like that's where his head was at. So you came in at a good time. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad I came in when I did because it, it felt like it, a full new book on the, on the company. Like everything yep. we just is growing so much. And every, like every week we have that weekly meeting and it feels like there's something new and cool like, that gets brought up all the time. Like we just got nasty knuckles with hockey fights, which was awesome. Cool. And now just all this stuff like going, I know, I think we're going to talk about it, but like the nation vacation, like I'm one of my first one and there's like 40 other like Oilers fans going with us. It's just cool. But like, I took like a similar risk, I guess you could say, like not quite as big. I maybe a little bit, but like I was, I was eighteen working at Michael's in the framing department, which was yeah. awesome. So that was really cool. Like you would get all this stuff like just comes in, and you, it's just very unique. And then for some reason, they asked me to design it, and I, I can't even pick what clothes I want to wear in the morning, and they never match. So I was doing all that stuff. I disagree. And- Sock game's always tight. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I got my, uh, actually, I got some Bob Ross socks on today. I would lift them high enough, but I'm not athletic anymore. So that's big. And I, we went to this, like Michael's, like they were getting refurbished on the framing department. So we had to go to this class with every other framer in the province. 
And we were in there and I was like, yeah, I've worked in all these different roles. And the South side, South Common Michaels had just lost its framing manager. And they were like, yeah, we want you to be the framing manager. And it was like hundred thousand a year, like as an 18 year old, like all these benefits. I was like, awesome. But then I kind of thought about it. I was like, is this what I want to do forever? Like, do I really want to work at Michaels for the rest of my life? So I just quit. I just, just went into Michael's the next day and I just I just quit. I went to Vancouver for a week. I came back. I went to Nate in the radio and television and just kind of decided I wanted to try and get into journalism one way or another. And that's kind of how I met Tyler. So shout out Michael's for make, keeping my dreams alive. I I did not know that until just now. And the balls on you as a kid that young to do that was pretty amazing, dude. Yeah, I just... I didn't really know, like, I didn't have anything lined up. And that's how I ended up actually at this uh, Chinese buffet in Shaw Park where my friend's dad owned. They got me his job and just kind of took a swing and it worked out very, very well. And that's, yeah, that's how I met Tyler and kind of worked together ever since. So it worked. It worked out. I think the message here that Liam's trying to tell you, fair listener, is quit your job. Yep. You never know where you're going to end up tomorrow. Anything could happen. <laughs> hopefully good <laughs> don't quit your job unless no. you want to yes. um you mentioned the nation vacation this is the third time we've gone down to las vegas um i'm so excited just because i love going to vegas i love going down to a different location with our team and just kind of hanging out with everybody in a completely different environment like mm. you said earlier everybody at hq gets along really well yeah and it's just a different experience for us to go do something and see how big the nation is. And I'm excited for you. This is your first one where you're coming to Vegas. So when we have our viewing party on Friday, I'm looking forward to watching you just kind of experience how big the company you work for actually is. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're going down as a group of 50, which in itself is remarkable. I've personally probably told about 10, 15 people where our viewing party is on Friday. So the group that we should have there is going to be substantial. Well, actually, it's funny. Like one of my buddies a few years ago, I think it was the last time you guys would have gone to Vegas. He was down in Vegas, but he didn't go with the nation. Yep. And he said he basically just jumped onto the back of like going to these viewing parties and like just hanging around the team. And he said he was said he was awesome just from that perspective. And he's like, I wasn't even part of it. And I felt a hundred percent a part of the whole the whole thing. So I think that's cool. Yeah, and I'm really pumped. Like. I kind of said it, I can't remember what show I said it on the other day, but I'm just excited to like meet people who I interact with almost every yeah. day. Like I do the chat on Oilers Nation every day and there's people in there all the time. Tyler Mulek, Loomis, uh, I wish uh, the PA tree from Finland was coming. That'd be unreal. Maybe next time. But there's so many guys on there that you talk to every day and you kind of expect to see them. And now I'm um, hopefully, I don't know if those guys are coming, but like Dangerous Wade, those like he, he messaged me a few weeks ago. He's like, you going to the watch party? And I was uh, the Ben the Ben breakfast thing I couldn't make it, unfortunately but now finally get to meet him and uh, yeah I think it's just gonna be really cool and like I said like I think we all know like the nation's growing but to witness it in person is gonna be really fun well there's fans travel well and I can promise you you're gonna see a ton of Oilers fans there and when we hang our flag like the Oilers nation.com just like this is where we're going our group size is going to double at least it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to watching um, everybody that's first times. Like Waz hasn't even been to Vegas before. Yeah, I think I that's can going to be very funny. 
was in Vegas. What are you most so looking to just forward to? Guide him. Yeah, what are you most with... looking forward to? Just it doesn't have to be hockey, it doesn't have to be work, it's just being down there. Like we've got some stuff planned out. Like we're talking about going to top golf and things like that. Mm. But like, what are you most excited about? One for me, and you just touched on it. I'm so looking forward to just watching Waz. Yes. Yeah. Waz, he's uh he's makes me laugh. Every day he makes me laugh. He's in these habits and he just it cracks me up. But yeah, I'm I'm pumped to see Waz act like what he's like down there i'm honestly like i'm pumped to like work down there which seems weird to say as we're going on this vacation but like i'm very excited to like kind of do the podcasts on the road and that kind of stuff a and different it, vibe Completely yeah that's kind of what i'm thinking like um i'm i've been to vegas once and it, it was just fantastic like the whole environment down there i'm just excited to like kind of see it again and just remember what it's all about and yeah, like just kind of getting to know people that we work with like outside of the office and everything. Like the only other nation event I've been to, I went to game two, the game two watch party against Calgary at the pint on white. So that's kind of like the expectation of it, I guess, is just like seeing people around and just hanging out and just kicking it back too. Just like taking a bit of a, a break from being in Edmonton, I guess, and not being around snow all the time. It's going to be fun too, because like we've, like you said, we've got a lot of stuff planned, like podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's going to be a lot of fun that once we check those things off our list, just having the kind of the valve open up and relax and then we can go do stuff like dinners or lunches, whatever it is as a team and just hang out. Yeah. I'm also looking forward to gambling down there. Me too. To be honest. I'm excited to stay in front of just some massive screen and just watch whatever I'm watching at that time and just being able to walk up to a desk and say, 20 bucks on this, whatever it is. And I, I love that stuff. Like that's what I did last time I went down. It was, it was fantastic. It's just a good vibe. I can't wait until whenever we make it down to Fremont street, probably Saturday after the, the Vegas Oilers game where there's usually a cover band playing mm. down there and just, we get a little loose. Last time we ended up getting a bright pink stretch limo. And that's what brought us back to our hotel. And like, Real. we just, we have fun together and I'm really looking forward to just Getting a little silly with the team. Yeah. I almost got a tattoo once on Fremont Street. I'll do that. Kind of of sat in there and I thought, maybe not. Maybe not tonight. Maybe this time. Who knows? Maybe. I've gotten one, two, four of my tattoos when I was completely hammered. Um, I was in Southeast Asia where there they don't really give a shit what your state of mind is. So (laughs) I can tell you they're always great decisions. Don't listen to me. Yeah. They'll be good in the morning. Yeah, there's never any regrets when you wake up in the morning and you look and you go, ah, fuck, that's not, that's there forever. (laughs) (laughs) I have a tattoo on my ribs where, just real quick story, I went in when I was 10 beers deep at that point. Mm -hmm. And I said I wanted a tattoo of the Rocky Mountains because I love the mountains. Yeah. But in my head, I didn't really realize that a guy from Thailand has no concept of what the Rocky Mountains are. Mm-hmm. So he basically tattooed the island we were on on my ribs. <laughs> and I looked at it the next day with sober eyeballs and I went, well, <laughs> at least I got a story. You'll never forget that one. Never, never forget. forget that one. Nation vacation covered. Mm-hmm. Expectations covered. Going to do a little betting. Today in the group chat, I had an AI robot write us some strategies for craps. I downloaded it for the team. Yeah, I downloaded the uh, the game on my phone. I'm starting to get a little bit of a hang of it. So I'm excited. The thing that I love about craps is a bunch of us can play all at the same time. Mm. 
and the games can last a really long time. So you can put like, say, just as an example, a hundred dollars down and you can be there for 90 minutes. Yep. Depending on how the roles go. So we just ended up it, the first time we went down to Vegas as a team, we just said, well, let's play some craps together. It's always one of those things where you see it in movies, right? Where you're just like, everybody's cheering and you're just screaming and all that stuff in the casino. So we're like, let's give it a try. And then it turned out we just had an absolute blast. So now it's become kind of a staple. So I'm looking forward to playing some craps with everybody. Yeah, that's a good one. I uh, When I was down there, I played this game called War in the Excalibur. And Is it like War War? Yeah, just grab some swords and just go at it. But, but like the card game, right? Like just war, yeah, war is what we're talking. Just about. Literally, like high or low, you just have to guess. <laughs> and I just kept doing it, and I I nailed like twenty in a row. And I just I was like, "All right, see you later. I'm yeah. gonna cash this out now and just have a great night." So that's the best part about Vegas is winning, or just in yep. life, I suppose, winning. So. Yep. Yep, and it's guaranteed too. There's nobody that's ever had a bad time gambling in nope. Vegas. Never. I know. I don't know anyone. <laughs> Uh, just while we're talking some bets and just being excited to put some down when we're in Vegas uh, for our friends at Betway, Liam. Betting on the Oilers right now is not easy. I want to know what you're looking at. Like tonight, we're not going to talk about the game tonight because by the time a lot of people listen, the game's already going to be over. But when you look at a team like the Anaheim Ducks, in theory, the Oilers should run the show here. Yep. In theory. Theory. That's the big part. Theory. But I've been an Oilers fan my entire life. And I know how these go. So for myself tonight, I'm being I'm being a little cautious. I'm taking my over one and a half total power play goals because that's even money with our friends at Betway. And then mm-hmm. outside of that, I don't really know what I'm going to do yet. I think it's fair to go with the Zach Hyman shot prop. That's just automatic at the moment. That's that's a good one. Steps on the ice, just cash out. They'll give you all your money. Um I'm going to go with a power play goal in the first period. I like that one. Reasons. I hit that the other day. Go ahead. Quite frankly, the Oilers penalty kill is horrendous. or was mm-hmm. horrendous yesterday, uh, Monday, whatever day it is. And the power play can buzz. So I think it's just like an, an easy-ish one. I think I was like plus 125 on Betway, something like that, maybe a bit higher. And yeah, I don't know either. Like, I don't know where to go. I'm, I like the puck line a little bit too. I mean, I think the Oilers might be a bit pissed off tonight and show I some fight. So. They have to, honestly, they should go in there and just beat the wheels off them physically and yep. on the scoreboard. So I'm going to trust that happens and go with the puck line and maybe Jack, uh, Oilers shots, whatever that's at. I couldn't even remember, but Anaheim's averaging like 40 shots against right now. So an option. Last time they did up, put up like 50 or 49 shots on Anaheim on their third string goalie. Shout out Lucas Dostal. But um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully John Gibson is brutal again. And I don't know. It just seems like. These teams are just on these poor runs show up against the others, or maybe the others just lower them st- standards, whatever it is, but they're just catching back teams on bad timing, I guess you could say too. hundred percent. It's annoying. Um, one yeah. thing that like in my heart of hearts, I believe that the others are going to be pissed off tonight. So I also put a little sprinkle, just a little on Oilers to win every period at plus six fifty. There's my juicy one for the day. If you're looking to, looking to chase the juice of course that was something we used to do on blt bets r.i.p rest in peace blt bets maybe we'll come back one day maybe dare to dream um i want to move on to a different topic entirely because one thing that only gets mentioned in passing with you sometimes and it's part of more like on the real life thing wanya likes to bring it up all the time is that you're the head 
head scout for the Sherwood Park Crusaders, uh, Sherwood Park Crusaders mm-hmm. of the AJHL. How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> so I guess I have a long history with Sherwood Park. Like I've worked for them now for, I think it's almost seven years. What did you start doing? I was an intern. That was where I did my internship out of Nate. I did my internship there in the media department in the so summer. So you doing like website copy and that kind of thing or? Uh, social media, writing on the website, but I did it in the summer, which most people know hockey isn't played in the summer. So it was very <laughs> difficult, but I, I managed to get a job out of it at the end of it. And then I worked within the media department for, I think, four years, I guess up until this last couple of years. Um, and then I just started like there was, so I worked for this website called Draft Geek and basically Draft Geek would go to, um, go to like U15 games and we would rank the whl draft so and like players like on the players and stuff so the first one i did was uh 2005 draft class which was kind of a dodds draft class mm-hmm. so it's only been like three years i've actually been scouting and so the first year they did the 2005 one obviously the one that's upcoming like was unreal like it was so easy to scout because almost every single player was unbelievable like braden yeager uh zach benson riley height like there's so many guys in this upcoming draft from western canada that are nuts so that's what kind of introduced it to me and then i just started like so brad brad morgan was the head scout of short park and i just asked him if i could could hop on the team and just start helping out and he was awesome like he is him Braden sullivan and brennan york who are two whl scouts too those are like the three guys i've really really helped me out and like show me the ropes i guess and help me along and so with show park i just uh i was kind of like a little bit of an elevated role last year after our uh head co- head coach kind of moved on and got a new gm and then we got a new head scout and then this past summer he left and it was kind of like well do you want it like do you want the opportunity so i did it and now our our staff is awesome. Like that's kind of how it worked. Like I work with Evan McFeeders, who was with the Brooks Bandits last year, won the national championship, and Adam Surgery, and they just they helped me out a ton, and it's it's been really cool. So it just kind of like, I guess the way I did it was I just kind of worked my way through, and I just ground through the volunteer roles and just going to the rinks all day for nothing, and then eventually it paid off, and now I do burger reviews. Yeah, I like hearing that you kind of did a bunch of stuff for free and kind of paid your dues and worked your way into where you're at. I think that that's almost an unpopular route to publicize at times now. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it reminds me of my spot at ON where I did stuff for free for years before making any money at all. So I appreciate that. When you're actually scouting, though, when you're at the rigs. Yeah. What do you what are you looking for specifically? Do you go in there with like a list of players specifically that you're watching, or do you go in there with a kind of like a clean sheet of paper and be like, all right, this guy stands out, that guy stands out? How does that work for you? Um, a bit of both. So like at the start of the year, you kind of gotta go in with an open mind. You obviously know who some players are from years past and stuff, but for the most part, like players change are changing every single year. So mm-hmm. at the start of the season, I try not to take like too much into it i guess you could say like i go in like i i go to a game and if i know this guy like for example the 2007s were mostly the rookies this year in in the u18 hockey so i'll look at the 2007 and more than likely they're going to struggle at the start of the year because it's their first year of u18 
But now you watch them now in January and you're like, okay, this kid has finally found his role. So I guess that's one way to to look at it that I do. But yeah, like I guess like now I go into it with like, okay, I got to watch this guy. I need to know if he's got any better from the last time I saw him. But at the start of the season, yeah, it's just pretty much like a blank slate. Like you got to, you got to pick your guys and then you kind of got to stick by them and voice your opinion and kind of make it strong, I guess. So you, you seem like you know what you're talking about in a way. <laughs> Do you have a type of player you like when you're watching these kids? Like obviously skill wins every time, but is there just like a flavor that you look and you go, Ooh, I like that. There's two things. I like a player who plays with speed. Like I lo- like just a quick player and that's, that can come with skating and with the way they play with the puck. Like there's one player in particular who's not the greatest skater in the world, but he can just like make plays just so quickly and just gets a puck down the ice. So it's like a quick level. And that's kind of the way we want to play in show park is like, if we can just think quicker than the other team, we're probably going to get a few more penalties and not going to expect it that often. So that's one thing I like. And also I guess from a, a defenseman, somebody who, who can play with the puck but can actually defend. Like that seems very obvious. But like yeah. sometimes you get a lot of these guys who are just flying around the ice and then they get in a defensive zone and their sticks just everywhere. So that's one thing I like. Someone who's just very controlled in the defensive zone, but has more of an up- offensive upside too. Because if you have the puck all the time, what does it matter if you can actually defend, to be honest? Like you just want guys who can defend good. But if they're of the puck in the offensive zone all the time, then that's good enough for me. That's the best defender in the world. What is your kind of, uh, what kind of territory do you run? Like, do you have a, like, what's your zone that you generally travel? Uh, I do, honestly, all the province. Like, uh, I've run on the Calgary probably six times this year. Try and go every few weeks or whatever. But for the most part, like, it's just the Edmonton area I go to like one time I drove down to Red Deer for a, for a game too, and then drove back, but mm. I've gone to medicine hat this year for a weekend. Um, where was I just, I was just in Saskatchewan for some games out there. Like it kind of like next season is going to be a big one. Like I plan on going out to Winnipeg for a couple of days and then oh, that's I, a long bus ride. Yeah. That's a long, well, I have to get it all. I have to fly to Ottawa and then get the bus. It's ah. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And then, yeah, just, I guess just wherever I kind of need to be, like with Show Park, the big thing for us, so a few years ago, we we were very good. We had like Carter Savoy, Michael Bennon, Carter Guylander was a Detroit Red Wings draft pick too. And we were kind of going for it then. So we were able to like build our program to a level. And then obviously COVID hit and it just became almost like a reset. So now we're finding that our program's being more established. So like we can go to these tournaments where if it's in the US or whatever, it is and like people actually know who we are now so that's yeah. kind of something we're trying to establish and so i think over the next few years like the the region is just going to get bigger and bigger to be honest you mentioned the burger views you go to a lot mm-hmm. of rinks a lot of different towns a lot of different cities what makes an excellent arena burger for you um i something that isn't burnt which happens more One. often than not Yep. yep. That, that's well, big. as somebody who like I played a lot of minor hockey in varying rinks and a part of it where I had to like jump into the concession and help cook burgers. So as somebody who's burnt a bunch, 100%. Number one, I, probably cooked. Yes. Also cooked on the spot. That's kind of my thing too. Yep. Like the summer rings you go and I get it. Like it can be busy and there's not a lot of time to cook it right there and then. So the summer rings I go to and they literally just pull out of a heater and you can really tell. So yeah, that's, that's one okay. thing, just the fresh burger. And also the cheese. The cheese is a big thing. Is the cheese melted or are you just throwing some cheese on it? Mm. 
That's big for me. So, and also the last one, is it juicy? And how is the bun? Those are the last two. So those are five, the five points you have to hit. If the bun's stale, then the burger's gone. You yep. know? And nobody wants a dry to- burger either. How's my ratio? Do I have too much meat over the bun? Do I not have enough bread for the meat? Like you got to balance it out too. So there's been some good ones this year and there've been some bad ones. Shout out Lloyd Minster for being the worst. What what are we talking about in terms of cost for an arena burger these these days? Mm. So that's that's another thing too I forgot to mention. Some is kind of ranges between $5 to $9. Okay. If it's 9 bucks and You got high expectations. You gotta, and those are arguably some of the worst ones. I think the best one was the Red Deer Burger, if I remember correctly, <laughs> and it was it was like five twenty five, five twenty five. The burger was fantastic, made on the spot, made with love too. I could tell. It's a good burger when it's made with love, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a way to do it. I just, you know, I'm not trying to be too critical on these places, but. You got to make a good burger. Everyone's going for the fr- for the poutine or the burger, one or the other. I'm hoping when we're in Vegas that we can go for a nice burger. There's a bunch of really good spots. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to go for a nice one. I know Waz was asking me if I would do a burger review at T-Mobile. I think that's what the ring's called, right? Yep. So if it's a reasonable price, I understand I'm not going to get a $5 burger at an NHL ring. But if it's any more than $20, bucks, i am not I'm not giving in. I will not stand for that. That is outrageous. And I don't care if you're at an NHL rink or where you're at. $20 mm-hmm. burger, like, it better come with that gold leaf shit on it. Like, And I don't want that yeah. anyway. But, like, no. Nobody's getting a Bobby Nicks. They don't sell any of those, as far as I know. <laughs> yeah. I remember, do you know what? It's the price. And this was obviously a while ago. But when I lived in England... I would go to these football matches and rugby games and everything was so affordable. Like the, yeah. the like I didn't, I, my teams I liked were never like world beaters or anything. So maybe that makes a difference. I don't know what it's like, like United or Arsenal or someone like that. But like everything was very fair. Like I remember once uh, Bolton Wanderers is a team I spot. We went to a match and it was just like a Wednesday game and kids tickets were two pounds. Yeah. It's like, you buy an adult ticket and the kids' tickets are two pounds. It's like, well, the stadium's full because kids actually want to go and it's affordable for everyone. Like, that's NHL's got to figure that out. And just on every aspect, it's ridiculous, to be honest. Well, I have a, yeah, 100%. Like, if you have, I'm thinking of a specific buddy right now, Travis Dakin. He's a longtime Oilers Nation fan. That's how I met him. And he was telling me about how once a year he likes to try and take his whole family. And, you know, and he's got the three kids, mm-hmm. he's got his wife and himself. Well, hey, if you're talking about five tickets to an Oilers game, even if you're sitting in the upper bowl, yeah. that is a not a cheap night by no. any stretch. They really when, need to figure it out. Even when you're just buying the tickets, the tickets are however much they are, then well, Timmy wants a pop and a hot dog, and there's yep. just twenty bucks on his own for those things. It's it is nuts. And that's why that's why I've always been like such a big advocate for junior hockey because it's actually affordable. Yes. Like the Crusaders tickets are 15 bucks and you're like right there. And even the oil Kings, like what are those tickets? Like 20 bucks or whatever yep. it is for an adult. Like that's what people should support more. I think like, obviously if you can go to an oil, this game go, I love going to those games too, but like there's other hockey that's affordable as well. And it just, it, they actually make it realistic to go and watch it. That's something too. Like Edmonton needs to get better at just, it can't just be an Oilers or bust city. Yeah. I think about our partnership with the River Hawks. There is nothing better to me than if it's a nice sunny Saturday and the River Hawks are playing to go down there, have a couple of pops in the sun. It's great. And you're doing it for 
a very reasonable amount. Yeah, and like River Hogs games are awesome. I love going there too. The uh, but I think it was I can't remember who it was. It was someone on the radio. It was after the Oilers run. It's like this, like this next season for the Elks and the River Hawks and whatever other sports teams we have. Like this will prove if like this city is an Oilers city or a sports city. And yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just an Oilers city to be honest. Yeah, and it's it's too bad because like you said, there's affordable options. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I very much look forward to going back to the River Hawks last year or next year, I should say. It, did you get a chance to go in the Nation box this year at all? No, but uh, I've been in. I've been in a suite before. There, my buddy's parents have a suite right behind home plate. It's fantastic. Ah, it's good living. It's great living. Mm-hmm. Have a couple of beers in the sun, sitting in the nation box. Come on, I love it. Uh, Liam, one thing that stands out from your time as a co-host on Weather's Nation is your love of movies, <laughs> and sometimes watching them in multiple parts. So I just got to ask: Have you watched anything lately that you would like to do a more in-depth review on? That perhaps <laughs> that Tyler would not allow on Weather's Nation Radio. Yeah, um, what have I been watching recently? I so I watched. I think I mentioned I watched Sing, right? Yep. I watched Sing. I watched the second one, but I'm only halfway through. I started that one about a week ago. <laughs> I love that you do this in parts. I it's, love it. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just it doesn't it doesn't last long. I actually watched uh, <laughs> the Devil Wears Prada. Yes. the other day. Yep, that was classic. A, a fantastic movie. But the one I'll talk about is <laughs> um, which one took me two days? The Night of the Museum. Ah, yeah. Do you the know the first what? one? The first one, yeah, the okay. first one. That movie is underrated. It is. It's very fun. <laughs> it is fun. Yeah, pretty solid cast too. Like uh, obviously Ben Stiller, Robin, Robin Williams. Williams, and there was another Robin Williams movie. I watched. Oh, Miss Doubtfire. I watched that one recently. Oh, too. classic. Come on. But yeah, The Night of the Museum. It's. Uh, I don't know what it is. It just kind of makes me laugh. Like it's the most. It's the stupidest movie ever. Like you used to have Owen Wilson and uh, the other guy. I can't remember his name. The English guy. Just kind of having this little war the whole show, and then yep. they get they just play it up so well, and then there's the tire scene where they got to blow out the tire, and they keep <laughs> they just have a zooming on the two guys, and they're just getting absolutely blown away by the air coming out. And then it shows like a big picture of what's happening from like a regular sized person. <laughs> it's just no effect, so it's just it's a very funny one. I might watch the second one before we go to Vegas, to be honest. I think it's three now actually, and there's a TV show, so. Yeah, really? you got your work cut over you. I know, I know. Especially if I'm only watching a third of the movie every night, I'm going to be here for weeks watching these. Are you? Is, you, is that your default? Is kind of like a silly movie? Is that your favorite kind of thing? Yeah, and my girlfriend, like my girlfriend, picks the good movies. We kind of watch, like The Devil Wears Prada, for example. But I, I just like the silly, crappy ones that I can just watch and have like a cheap little chuckle. Like I love Grown Ups. I think Grown Ups is the stupidest movie in the world. Horrible, I think, but I love the, it horrendous they're horrendous and it's funny like i even watched that um do you remember that one sausage party with like yeah of course everyone? i just watched that about a week ago yeah me too like a couple of weeks ago and i just it's funny because then it comes up and like you have all these recommended movies on netflix of all these shitty movies and your girlfriend comes home she's like what are we supposed to watch because all i have on there is like grown-ups <laughs> uh what's the one hot rod or whatever it is like, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, like it's just funny but yeah i just a cheap little chuckle where you can grab some quotes and just like reference them to the boys and just just have a fun time with it. I just like those ones. But also Harry Potter is played a lot in my house, funnily enough, but not through me. My girlfriend just absolutely loves the Harry Potter movies. And my missus does too. Oh, 
every other day they're on. I remember we were sat there on New Year's Eve and it was it was like eleven thirty-five, the other's game had just finished or whatever, and we're just sat there, we're watching Harry Potter Seven, and he's like the most depressing movie ever. And I'm like, I am not kicking off the new year watching <laughs> Harry Potter Seven just get just go to this little world. So I that's when I threw on Sing and mm-hmm. we went from there. Yeah, so I haven't seen any of the Harry Potter movies. Um no. me misses is trying to like make that a thing. So I have seen the first one. So she's like, we're gonna watch them all mm. over the course of whatever. I it's just not for me. I don't like wizards and shit. I don't like dragons. I don't yeah. Like magic. I am um, I only kind of got like I've seen all the Harry Potters, obviously, with like in England, they were a massive thing. Sure. So I've seen them all, but I never really cared for it either. But I love I love Marvel. Like I even before everything kind of got massive, like I would read the comics, comics and stuff like that. And then the shows I got really into with a bunch of my friends and just that I guess that was kind of like my big thing too. So that's when I kind of grew into like exploring Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings a little bit as well. Like I just watched all of those. So I've never seen think, any of those. Yeah, they're they're fun. And I think the best thing about I said this one on all those nation radio too, the Lord of the Rings was just how it was just all real like obviously the wizards and goblins aren't real but like all the sets were like legitly made yeah right? New Zealand. It like, yeah it was just really cool that they put so much effort into these movies to do them and there's extended editions which are like five hours long so there was extra stuff they'd even put in the movies those must take you years to finish one of those yeah yeah i, I actually when i when i was a young lad like six years ago me and my buddies did uh an extended <laughs> edition marathon and i just uh-huh. fell asleep I just fell asleep, and so I think I missed like two thirds of the whole thing. But it was—it seemed great from what I saw. You mentioned that Harry Potter was big in England, and you yes. walked me right into my game that I made for you. Perfect. I am going to ask you kind of a this or that, a Sophie's choice of two options, if you will. Some of them are English staples versus North American staples. Okay. Others are England on England. Ooh. But I just want to get through these and a little bit of explanation for you. So number one, fish and chips or burgers and fries? Um, Fish and chips. Good fish and chips. I had fish and chips three times when I went back to England for six days. So <laughs> I love fish and chips too. Yeah. Like a really good. nice piece of fish with some fresh fries. So good. Yeah. Um, so when we were back, I guess if you're, if you're an Englishman, listen to this, you'll know this, but like my dad loves Holland's pies, but he'll only have them in like Northern England. And for whatever reason, like every time we went to the chippy, they had like ran out that day. Like it's, it's sometimes like, I've, I, I think this is kind of always, <laughs> but it's like certain times of the day that the chippy will like make stuff and they sure. won't make it any other time yep. so every time we would go like we like i said we went to the chippy three times and he never got a holland's fishing uh holland's pie and he was he was devastated to be honest what is it is it just like a little meat pie it's just like a little pie yeah they put in like a little tin tin tray or whatever and yeah it's just like meat pie meat and potato like a bunch of stuff i guess you can is something is a bunch of flavors like to be honest i didn't really realize how big it was to him until we went back and he's like, i have to have one of these and we just never got one it's devastating yes number two a full english breakfast or a standard north american breakfast full english 100 percent. i still have those very fairly often every time i like 
I go talked to, about it at the office, and yeah. uh, I'm jealous of how often you have those. Yeah, I go to my parents' house on Saturday and watch some some football with my dad, and uh, he'll he'll just put on a full English. I will just have bacon butties, one of the two. Number three. <laughs> this one's just dumb, so I know the answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> Sunday roast or Taco Tuesday? <laughs> Uh, Sunday roast. Uh, Sunday roast. I was trying to find something that had a day in it, and I'm just like, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I think I'll have my first chair of tacos when we're in uh, when we're in Vegas, so at the cantina. I've set the over under at three and a half visits. We're taking it. It's an easy over. Yes. Um, shepherd's pie or literally any other pie. Uh, shep- shepherd's pie. Costco actually has a great shepherd's they pie. Do. If I, I get, I do get the Costco shepherd's pie often. I'm a huge shepherd's pie guy. Yeah, they're um, delicious. They're delicious. Mushy peas or mashed potatoes? <laughs> so mushy peas, but I have I have a funny story. So so my girlfriend and I do a lot of gardening. Like we grow vegetables in the summer and like spring or whatever. Nice. And um <laughs> So we grow a ton of peas and she took them. She took a big bag to my parents' house once. And my dad was like, oh, fantastic. I can just make mushy peas now with all of these. And I have never, ever seen her so disappointed in someone. And she literally like almost <laughs> took the bag home with it. She's like, no, you cannot make these into mushy peas. This is not what I'm giving you these for. So yes, mushy peas is the answer. Cucumber sandwich or PB&J? <laughs> Uh, a cucumber sandwich really? for the queen. Surprised. Oh, of course, for the queen. Always for the queen. Surprising uh, answer to be, on that one, to be honest. Uh, really? Coffee or tea? Oh, honestly, I, I, I'm a coffee guy. I the only, I like like a chai tea and stuff like that, but I don't really like make a lot of tea at home. Every now and then, my parents do all the time. One, yeah. like, they get don't like having coffee in the morning. They have tea. And uh, when we were in England, my dad would dip his biscuits into the tea. Like, are they just like a standard kind of like oh, just an Earl Grey kind of tea, or like in the morning if they want a little caffeine, are they doing a black tea or something like that? Uh, my dad is always kind of doing black tea. My mom has like orange pico and stuff, but he has this one. I can't remember what it's called, but it basically basically just sends you to sleep. So at the, mm. <laughs> the end of the night, he just has his tea and yeah, has all these like whatever in it, and he's just like, "Yep, going to bed." And it what. It works unbelievably. I didn't know that's what it was. And one time I made one, it was like five o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Just absolutely knocked me out. I was like, oh man, that is, I had plans tonight and not anymore. What is the proper way to make a tea, Liam? I know that English people tend to have a very specific routine with their teas. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I kind of, my dad has a very specific way. So I'll, I'll run it through this one. So he, you obviously brew your coffee or whatever, and he puts the tea bag in there. Some people put the tea bag in after they boil it and pour it in. My dad puts the tea bag in the cup, pours the, the hot water on top, and then he just and then he puts in like a bunch of milk. But he also just lets it sit there for about fifteen minutes. Oh, and that's a like well steeped glass. Uh, oh cup yeah. Of tea. So then he'll. Uh, that's how he makes a cup of tea. So to me, that's the perfect way because it does taste very good after he does it. But yeah, there is a, a variety of ways to say the least. Yes. 
Yes. Um, when I was traveling, as an aside, the reason this came to my mind to ask you about it was I had a buddy named Will who's from Reading. And the way that dude made his tea every day when we would go for breakfast was so specific. There was never milk allowed in it. There was just like so many rules for how he had tea. Mm-hmm. So I always find it very interesting. It's such a personal experience. Tough one coming up here for you, Liam. Okay, here we go. Football or hockey? Um... It's interesting because if you had asked me before game seven, I probably would have said football, to be honest. That's a tight, it's such a tight one, but I am, I will say probably hockey now. I mean, my whole life is, is hockey. Like everything I do is hockey. Like I was watching, Lord, I, I don't really watch NHL a lot, but last night I put on Colorado and, and Florida, but most nights it's usually like some like, winnipeg bruins u18 versus the winnipeg thrashers u18 like it's just like all the time i'm watching this random hockey stuff where like i don't even get up sometimes to watch games on a saturday morning it very very much depends but the world cup was awesome and that all that but yeah i think football was my first sports love but i think hockey's kind of kind of grabbing on right now and arguably the most difficult question that i will ask you one direction as a whole or Harry Styles as a solo artist? One Direction. Forever. <laughs> One D forever. I did not know you had that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is a podcast. So Liam just held up a One Direction license plate. Yep. Um, he did not hear any of these questions before I asked them. So the fact that he just has that beside his computer is fantastic. Yeah, I I love One Direction. I actually had the opportunity to see them once, and I I passed up on it because I'm a good person, bag milk. So <laughs> my sister, it was when they went to Commonwealth. I can't remember what year it was. Maybe like 2013 or something. And my sister and I got tickets, and my mom wanted to go. So I let my mom go with my sister instead. And it was, it was something I will regret forever until they get back together. Like S club seven. That's a good, that's a good son though. You did the mm-hmm. right thing. And much as, as, as much as it was hard, that is the right decision. Mm-hmm. I would also, since you mentioned one direction as your pick there, I feel like you would appreciate that. Um, one direction is my karaoke song. Mine too. Which one, which one's yours history. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, she doesn't know she's beautiful. What is that called, actually? Uh, what you don't know you you're be- you don't you don't know you're beautiful. Isn't it what makes you beautiful? Let me see here. I'm gonna Google. Yes, what makes you beautiful? You are yeah. correct. You do have the license plate. After all, <laughs> I should just default to you always. <laughs> do you have a duet karaoke song? I don't. I don't. But I, I would. I feel like I need one. Yeah, I am. Um, me and my buddy. Every time we go to karaoke, we sing See You Again by Miley Cyrus. Oh, that's a good we, song. We have our own parts in the song, and mm. we kind of like go back and forth. It's very well rehearsed, so it is executed perfectly every time. There's part of me uh, that's kind of hoping that we venture off to some karaoke bar in Vegas, kind of like off strip, because I just think that would be the most random and hilarious night if nation staff rolled into a karaoke bar together. I was at karaoke on Saturday night, actually, but it was a Korean karaoke. So there was this remote and we couldn't read it. So we just Mm. had to just pick a, like, just, there was literally like a random button and you clicked it and it kept going to songs. Fortunately, (laughs) we were able to sing along to. I sang, um, 
dance for me is it dance for me by tones and i i think oh i, I, I don't even know that song i was people will know that was very popular like a year ago so that was uh, that was my hit of the night well dare to dream that we'll get in there dare to dream liam i told you i'd keep you for like half an hour and once again i ran way over and thus we will conclude the interview. Thank you for your time, sir. The people at Trilogy mm-hmm. Oilfield Rentals appreciate you. Again, check them out at TrilogyRentals.ca. Liam, what have you got planned for the next 24 hours before we get to the airport? Um, I'm going to print off my visa to allow me into the country. Mm-hmm. That's big. Yep. Um, I'm going to... I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna rearrange my office a little bit, as you can see on this one. I got a little thing on the wall here. Yep, you got an Oilers, uh, an Edmonton Oilers sign there, established 1979. Yeah. So Jay and Tyler have been asking me to decorate the office for a while, but I got all this stuff, and I just feel like it's too far away. So I'm gonna move the office around, decorate the wall behind me, and then, and off I go. I guess do some laundry too. That's big. Yep. Yep. Although, unless you run through your idea where yesterday you had at the <laughs> office, where you just wear one outfit. Yeah, and I win clothes. Yeah, like if you yeah. don't win any money, then you're you're rocking that same T-shirt the entire time. Yeah, actually, I did have one question before I go bag milk. Sure. So I ran into a bit of a, a conundrum. Are you taking a jersey? Are you taking an Oilers jersey? Yes. Yeah, Ryan Nugent Hopkins coming with me. Okay, so I only have one Oilers jersey, and it's from the 2017 playoff run, mm-hmm. and it was uh, Leon Dreisaitl one. But when I wear it, they never win. Then I would leave it at home. Uh, that's what I think too, but Tyler seemed to indicate that I should bring it. I don't know if that's a good idea. Like when I went to Game Seven, I did not wear an Oilers jersey. I wore I'm 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 not superstitious. I'm incredibly superstitious. I wore my white DFO hoodie and shorts to the Edmonton Oilers game. <laughs> everyone was wearing jerseys, and it worked. So I'm wondering if I should just go for that approach. If Jay was on this podcast right now with us, he would tell you to go with what works. That's what I think. And here's the reality. Tyler knows the romper works and he has yet to bring it out in a season where we really need it. So what does he know anyway? That's true. I should never listen to him. Never listen to Tyler. Otherwise, he cut this interview off 40 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, we, would have, we wouldn't have even made it to the Harry Potter talk. Well, that's why Tyler's not allowed on this one. <laughs> there you go, Liam. Thanks for being here, pal. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Long time listener, first time caller. By the way, if you don't know this, all the clips that go out on social, Liam is the one that makes those. Mm-hmm. So while you're here, I just want to say thank you for the work that you put into a podcast that you don't have to do anything on. You do it at two, for me as a favor. It's okay. I, li- I like seeing the clips go out. They make they actually make me laugh. So it's it's very easy to do. And the Evander Kane one where I was pissed off about what the Evander Kane or the plan is outside of bringing Evander Kane back. That one's popping on socials these days. So they Mm -hmm. work very well. Thank you for your work, sir. No problem. You're listening to Better Late Than Never. What do you need to do is leave a nice little review. Like and subscribe. Next. I didn't put out a question of the week this week, but you know what? You guys have plenty to say. I got a bunch of voicemails here. We're going to rip through them. I want to thank Liam for jumping on with me, spending more time than I asked him for, if I'm being honest. I do that thing where I always ask people for a little bit of time, and then I go a long time. Away she goes. Plan accordingly if you want to be a guest on Better Late Than Never, I suppose. Let's kick it off. First voicemail coming in from Tristan. 
Hey, Big Milk. I hope you're doing good. My name is Tristan from Behind Enemy Lines in Calgary. Unfortunately, Hello. I had to be raised here. Not much of a choice in that aspect. I blame your parents mostly, Tristan. That's fine. We'll move on from it. I wanted to call in because I always listen to your show and I thought it would be a good time to say hello. And my righteous sack beating is the fact that I keep fucking betting and I swear to God, I just cannot catch a break. I just started two weeks ago and nothing goes. Edmonton loses every game they can. But yeah, let's hear it on your end. Have a good night, man. I hope you have a good one. You can't do a righteous sack beating without the intro. You want to see a man, boy? I'll show you a man. Kick me in the jimmy. I too, I'm just getting absolutely pumped right now. My bets for today, uh, as I mentioned, just to recap, uh, my one that I'm really keeping an eye on because I hope the Oilers are playing angry is I'm chasing the juice. Oilers to win all three periods at plus 650. If I hit that one tonight, I'm going to have myself a free little night in Vegas, people. Sup, Bag Milk? Just listening to your podcast right now, and you were asking for voicemails for, like, New Year's resolution slash like if we like believed I guess I would say yeah in them so like I don't really made a voicemail or two it doesn't really make sense like if you want to do all that stuff why not just do it earlier you know what the thing I like about when Ben leaves vet, uh, voicemails is that we're talking about a three, 13 year old young man here he and I are having some conversations on Instagram these days, and he is wise beyond his years. So I am actually coming up with a theory that Ben is actually lying to me. I don't think he's 13. I think he's actually 33. And have I had any, I used to do New Year's resolutions up until like two years ago, two, three years ago. Um, I only really did like one or two, like most of them I just forgot about a month in. But uh-huh. one of them was to get less mad at the Oilers, and um, that really didn't work out. Yep. Tell me about it. I mean, I was expecting by the time January 11th rolled around in this 2022-23 season that we'd be having a blast. We'd be talking about division wins. We'd be talking about whale hunting at the trade deadline. And yet here we are. This one comes in from uh, the title. It says Dollarama Yaremchuk. You want to see a man, Big Milk? Mm-hmm. Cody Cece will show you a man. Mm. Kick me in the jimmy. Love budget, Yuremchuk. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we know that Yuremchuk bailed on Cody Cece for Ryan Murray this year as his defensive man crush. How did that go, Tyler? How did that go? Huh? Are you feeling good about it? Are you feeling sad about it? Are you feeling like you made a poor decision? That was very loud in my ears. I'm sorry about that. I need to turn that one down. Uh, coming up next, I've got my boy Ben again. Big Milk, I agree with just listening to the podcast. Someone said how you were their second favorite. I like how this... Uh, ben just... I like to imagine Ben listening to this podcast over and over again. Ben, is that what happens in your room? I can picture the room, too. I remember what it was like being 13. You got a bunch of shit on your walls? What do you got up there, anyway? Curious to know. Um, I'd like to say, personally... You're easily my favorite mm-hmm. of the Nation Network. Uh, so yeah. What was that? Just thought you should know that. I think the podcast is really, really awesome. 
I personally don't mind if you um, don't have guests on. I don't know about other people, but I just enjoy it how it is, and I'm also fine with guests on it. So, yeah. Hope you have a great day. Thank you very much, Ben. Well, fortunately for you, we kind of got our regularly scheduled program as well as my boy Liam checking in in between. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode, Ben. <laughs> this, is, this is you again. Hey, bag milk. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if you can do this. But- Are you in the bathroom? Listen, I listen to a lot of audio in my life, and I know this sound. Either you are in an enclosed space, like a pantry or something, or you are in the bathroom while you're leaving me this voicemail. But I have a delicious debate for the boys at Oilers Nation. And Mm. it is, if you could have any Oilers job, such as like trainer, manager, coach, like all that kind of stuff for one day, um, which would it be and why? I'll ask the boys that. I'll ask the boys uh, that I'll, if I'll try to remember, uh, but I'm going to answer right now just in case I don't remember to bring it up for ONR. Um, I would probably want to be a scout. I like the idea of watching hockey and trying to pick out players that could help the team. GM's got too much pressure. Coach gets yelled at all the time. I don't really want any of that shit, you know? Frankly, I don't want to work for the Oilers at all. I just like to cheer for them. I like to cheer for the Oilers. I like to get mad at the Oilers. I like to do all the things that a fan does when it comes to my favorite hockey team. I have no interest in a job with the Oilers. They could offer me one. I'm not taking it. Hey, Bag Milk, Presto here. Haven't messaged in a while. Uh, Keep up the good work. All the talk is who should Edmonton get? What should Edmonton do? Edmonton should not get a rental. Why give up lots of assets for a rental that you're just going to have to get and give up more players and rentals the next season to replace them? I, I feel the exact same way. Like right now, by all accounts, the Oilers' first round pick is on the table, as it should be, in my opinion. But if you're going to trade it, I would prefer that you trade it for somebody who can be here a minute, you know? Go and get Chikrin. He is proving he is a top line defenseman. He can score, he can hit, he can defend. If you get Chikrin with term, you have Nurse. Chikrin, you push CC down, you get CC, you get Edmondson or maybe Mikola out of St. Louis at 1.9 for your second pairing. Then you move down and you'll have Kulak and Dad. Then you have Nemo and Murray as your extra defenseman as of right now. Then at the trade deadline, you pick up your depth winger like another Costin and you get the centerman that they think they need for faceoffs and penalty kill. We are getting to the end of McDavid and Dreisaitl's contracts. If we do not do this now, if we do not make the playoffs and go on more deep runs, who knows if they're going to stay anyway, but I guarantee if we miss the playoffs this year, it goes a long way to saying not a fucking chance because this team is not willing to do what it takes to win. It is time, and I do believe Chikrin is the best of the best, and for once, the Oilers should not scrape the bottom for a cheap rental and get the top guy. Cheers. Go Oilers. Way to go, Team Canada. I like that message from Presto. He's passionate. I'm going to give him one of these. You want to see a man, boy? I'll show you a man. Kick me in the jimmy. My guy was fired up, wants Jacob Chikrin. I just... I like the idea of Jacob, Jacob Chikrin, too. I, I'm worried about his ability to stay healthy. He's never played a full season. Uh, the rest I like, though. So is the return going to be worth the cost of assets going out? I guess that's what the Oilers have to ask themselves. 
I also wonder what the return that Arizona is specifically requesting. Like we've heard rumblings that it's like two firsts and a prospect, something like that, right? Give or take. If you know a team like the Oilers are gagging for defense, wouldn't you try to bolster that ask a little bit? So that's what I'm worried about when it comes to Jacob Chikrin. But yeah, I'd love to have him 100%. Hey, Bag Milk. Well, I guess you get two Prestos in a row because mm. I just listened to your last podcast, got about a quarter of the way through, and you're talking about we don't know what's wrong with the Oilers and why is this happening. <laughs> I don't remember what I said. Here's the thing about doing this podcast. I am going to drop this one at uh, some point here in the evening, and then I'm going to completely forget about what I talked about. That's how it goes, generally speaking. As you heard, Liam makes the clips. It's his job to figure out what's good to go up. Anyway, Presto, go ahead. Well, if you remember way, way back when we were when I was coming on your podcast quite a bit, and I said they have not upgraded the D, they have lost veteran leadership, and they've replaced it with rookies. Agreed on all that. So I don't even know where the rest of this message is going, but I agree with that 100%. We were talking about it on Oilers Nation Radio and Real Life before the season started. Needed to upgrade the D. We're seeing why right now. As for the veteran thing, I totally buy it. I totally buy it. I understand why people weren't happy with the Keith acquisition cost. I get that. They didn't retain any salary. Again, I get it. But it's clear that having Evan Bouchard play with him as opposed to Philip Broberg, that's a better pairing. Way she goes. Well, this is what happens when you go into a season with guys like Bouchard who are still very, very young and you're counting on guys like Broberg, Nima Linen, Jesse Pugliarvi, and uh, McLeod to step up they yep. are rookies and here's where everybody gets mad when you say well maybe we should trade other broberg or um bouchard to upgrade to a veteran because they know how to play in the games where it's 2-1 against or 1-1 against before president goes i would trade philip broberg as part of a package for an upgraded defenseman any day of the week to that i'd do it twice today if i had the option the peg where guys like bouchard and all the other ones I listed keep making little mistakes that cost us games because they are rookies. Now, you don't want to give them all up, but we need to change some of our prospects into guys that have still lots of good years left, but they are experienced. That's how you win in the NHL. And Campbell has sucked the big one. That's another reason why the Oilers keep losing. <laughs> anyway, thank God we got Skinner. Have a great day. Ciao. I, mean, I, don't, I don't disagree with anything Presto said there. Not one thing, really. Um, yeah. Sometimes you got to make some trades. Do you like, here's the thing that a lot of Weathers fans say, and I've been guilty of it in the past too, where it's like, well, you don't want to trade a player that's got the potential to turn into whatever, but the potential to turn into whatever doesn't help them today. And right now we need to win today. Somebody's got to go. Who are we going to be? Don't ask me. I don't know. Bag milk. If the Oilers miss the playoffs this year, what, is the major shakeup that happens because I think everyone's talked about it at exhaustion at this point. If this core can't figure it out, what are the odds they ever figure it out? It's a fair question. I don't think the core is the problem. Look at the stats. I just rattled them off before. Like your top four scorers, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Hyman, Nuge, soon to be Evander Kane. So there's your top five scorers. They're going to do the job they're supposed to do. Where the fuck is everybody else? Look at any other team in the NHL. Their bottom six does not get carved in as much as the Oilers do. 
It just doesn't happen. You get like Seattle as an example. They're on a run right now because they're getting goals from throughout their lineup. Their top end isn't anywhere close to as high as ours is, but their role players aren't just there swallowing minutes and getting caved in. Until our bottom six starts contributing with regularity, this is going to keep happening. This isn't a core issue. This is a depth issue. This is a defense issue. So if we're talking about the core, the core's fine. Who are the parts around them? Because Connor and Leon, they're only playing 20, give or take a handful of minutes per night. What about the 40 when they're not on the ice, right? Well, I guess if they're separated, then there's 20. But like, there's still 20 minutes there that you're filling with, sorry to say, junk. That has to change. And to follow up on my previous point, I know you've probably already commented on it now, but every time this team has had major success in the playoffs, in my personal opinion, obviously I haven't, you know, fact-checked it or anything, but every time that I've seen it, when we've had McDavid and Drysaddle, it always feels like we have strong vocal leaders in the room that may not be our best players. So this excludes Evander Kane at this point. Um, on the team. So like, I don't know, a Mac Hendricks or uh, at the time a Zach Cassian or Duncan Keith last year. I, I don't know. Every time that I feel like the team is, you know, at uh, above a passing grade, like you're talking like 75% or better in terms of our eyes. Like we watch a game, they win. Awesome. If they lose, we're like, mm, they could probably play better, but they'll get them next time kind of deal. Like it always feels like we have someone in the room to lead that isn't Connor. And uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm outing the guy, but I know he's in his, you know, middle, late twenties, but I just, I don't know, man. Are you taking a shot at Connor? I don't even understand where you're going there. Like, I thought I was following you, but then here's the thing. You can't expect somebody's personality to change just because you need them to be vocal. So where I agree with you 100% is they need to get those people in the room. That's why Bill Guerin, I don't remember his exact quote when they went and traded for Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves isn't going to do shit on the ice except being an intimidating force. They said they needed him to keep things light. They needed him to bring some swagger back into their lineup, and that's what he's done for them. That's where I'm looking. Who are the players that are going to bring some swagger into the lineup? Kane's coming back. He's absolutely going to do it. Is Warren Fogel going to do it? No, man. He has, like, he's done zero. And that includes being healthy scratch twice. He needs to go, in my opinion. You need to clear out the dead weight as well. We can't be looking at our best players, the ones that put up all of our offense every night and think they're the problem. I'm just not entertaining it. So while I 100% agree that they need some role players that can actually like liven things up, keep things light maybe when you need to, say something when it needs to be done, I am not under any circumstance pointing my finger at the best players on the team. The one, Connor specifically, who's putting up the best fucking season since Mario Lemieux and being like, that guy's the problem. Doesn't make sense to me. Hey, Bag Milk. Um, I'm just listening to back, or uh, I guess not back. I'm just listening to... Um, do, I got f- do I got four messages from you in a row? Four one-and-a-half-minute messages. So I'm just going to go ahead before we get started here. I'm not going to play all these. But we're going to get through it. We're going to see where you're going. Well, this is radio right now. And when you're talking about the PK, I kind of wanted to break down a little bit of what the Oilers are doing wrong. 
and what they're trying to do. So I, I've played some decent hockey in my career, in my life, I guess. And um, so let me see your resume. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. I'm not one of those people. I played a handful of games in the AJ. I played a, a reasonable rate as well. So let's talk man to man. You and I. Let's scheme. Some high level like AAA. Um, and the right PK strategy is like nine tenths of the problem. And what the Oilers are running, it's called the either a triangle plus one or a wedge plus one. And honestly, it's the most effective penalty kill in hockey, given the way that most teams run their power plays right now. They run a one three one. Uh, you you guys, Frank, do it on mic. If you're gonna bark at shit, you got to Hey, get on the microphone. Yeah. Nope. Come this way. Yeah. You're co- you're closer. Hang on. Keep going for it. No, you're on the wrong way. One of these days, I'm going to get Frank on mic, and he's going to be have his contribution to this PK conversation. Pop, you got the two guys taking one time. You have the bumper in the middle, and the guy screening at the net. Um. And the whole point of the the wedge plus one is you have your one guy out there to pressure them to force them one way. And what you want to do is you want to always force them the way of the the way that they do not want to put the puck. So you need to be tailored to every team. You need to know what their team wants to do on the power play before you do it, b- before they do it. Um, I'm going to run out of time here, so this is going to be a multiple part message, but uh, yeah. So that's just probably why we're not going to get any. I like where you're going here, though. I like that you've even got the terms, the wedge, and all that stuff. I love that. We're going to see where message two goes. Um, I apologize. I just, I to be honest, we're running long, so I kind of want to shut this down. In watching that game yesterday and watching the Kings power play, what they wanted to do is they wanted to move the puck to the side that Fiala was not on, move it around a bunch, make a ton of quick passes, then get it to Fiala to shoot. So what would we want to do to force them to go where they don't did you guys just hear that text message i just got normally i put my ipad which is where my soundboard is on airplane but i forgot so if you heard a little ding there that was just me misses checking in necessarily want to go with the puck get your forward out there force the pass to go to fial then they got to do something different they got to change it that'll make them screw up that'll make them have to think the more you have to think on the fly and your set plays is not i know these guys are nhl players but still like it's easier to make mistakes when what you're trying to do and what the number one thing you're trying to do is, is not an option. And sometimes guys end up on different pages and whatnot. And yeah. Ending up on different pages is a understatement for what happened against LA. I don't know if I've ever, I don't remember the last time I've seen the Oilers give up four power play goals against. Pretty sure it happened against Washington or something. Is that what Liam said yesterday on Oilers Nation Radio? I don't remember now. Anyway. So um, another thing is the personnel they're using. The Oilers should not be having, like, I love Marcus Nimalainen, but he should not be playing on the penalty kill. He's not. I don't think he should be playing on the penalty kill either. And frankly, I just, again, this goes to a defensive situation where I think they need help back there. Marcus Nimalainen shouldn't be on there. I also, you know what? Unpopular opinion. I agreed with Tyler yesterday. I don't know that McDavid should be out there either. Good enough. The Oilers should not have Broberg or Bouchard playing on the penalty kill. They are not good enough. That is not their style of play. It should be Nurse, Cece, Kulak, and I guess Barry because we have no one else, but it's not even ideal to have him out there. I agree. You need people who, on the D at least, who know where to put their sticks, know how to have it in the right place, know how to block shots. It's very important. That's 
a good chunk of the battle. Okay, um, I'm going to have to do a part three. <laughs> I'm going to skip part three and four. And it's not because I don't think you're giving good info. You're giving great insight. The fact that um, I think you've nailed every point. My side here is just the PK sucks. And fixing it is going to be a major, major to-do down the stretch. So while I want to say thank you, by the way, for leaving. You know what? I'll do number three. Let's go. Now for the forwards that I'd like to have out there. McDavid does not work on the penalty kill. And I actually Agreed. don't think Yamamoto is that bad for the penalty kill. He's fine. I think he plays a style that fits a penalty killer role. But I think the problem is McDavid. We have no Leonard Petrell. He is not built to be on the penalty kill. Agreed. Yeah, I, and also it just it tacks on more minutes to Connor. Like I, if Connor's, I don't again, I don't know where part three is going. If Connor's going to be on the PK, throw him out there in the last couple twenty seconds or so. You know, when there could be an opportunity for a break, that makes sense to me. But having him on the PK in a regular shift, given the amount of minutes he plays, doesn't make sense. He goes out and he tries to do stuff. He wants to create offense, and God love him. I love the way he plays, but that is not what we want on the penalty kill. The penalty kill is not about going out and scoring a shorty. The penalty kill is about stopping them from scoring a power play goal. Yep. I just, I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. So we're three parts in there. I hope you don't mind. I'm just going to move on just so I can wrap up the podcast. But yeah, you nailed everything. I agree with everything you said. 100%. All right. So my righteous sack beating. uh, Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. You want to see a man, boy? I'll show you a man. Kick me in the jimmy. All right, so my righteous sack beating, uh, and bag milk, I've got a feeling you're going to agree with me on this one, uh, goes out to everyone who wants to see Jay Woodcroft fired. Oh, it doesn't make sense. Because Woody is not the problem. In fact, I think, like Dad, he is part of the solution. These defensive issues we're having right now have been just absolutely plaguing the team since well before Woody came in. So it is just outrageous to me that as soon as we're having a really bad spell, and don't get me wrong, we're having a bad spell. We got major issues. Yep. But it is not Jay Woodcroft's fault. Okay, like some of it is. This these have been issues for years, years. And it's got to start from the players. You know, we got it. Obviously, Holland needs to go out, probably make a few trades. Um, you know, but first and foremost, the players need to commit to team defense a lot, a lot harder. Like, they have shown flashes of it, and they look incredible when they actually do it. But the reality is they aren't. Not on a consistent basis. And to think that it's on Woody when this has been a long-standing problem is ridiculous. So that's my righteous sack beating. Go Oilers. I agree for the most part. Firing Woodcroft is not the move. It's just not going to happen either. So there's no point even talking about hey, it. Hey, Big Milk, I hope you're doing good. My name's Tristan whoa, from whoa, Behind whoa, Enemy whoa, Lines whoa, in Calgary, unfortunately. Whoa, 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 Pushing buttons I didn't mean to push. Um, so... Woodcroft, he's he's absolutely to blame on some of this stuff. Some of his line pairings are weird. Like we just talked about the PK. I wish I knew the last uh, voicemail caller's name because he did a deep dive on the PK and it's like, Connor shouldn't be out there. 
That's Jay Woodcroft's call. So there's some things that I don't understand what Woody's doing, but firing him is not the move either. Like, how many coaches do we have to come in here? Like, we Oilers fans have short memories, don't we? We really, really do. And I wonder how many of the decisions that Woodcroft's making is based on the roster he's currently got. You know? Defense isn't good enough. At least not to me. So with that, we're going to wrap up the voicemail. Voicemail brought to you by me. You want to sponsor the voicemail? You can do that. Bag milk at oilersnation.com. Fire me an email. Until then, keep leaving me messages. I apologize if I cut you off sometimes, but got to keep a show moving. Also, I'm very much looking forward to tomorrow's nation vacation and tonight's 4-2 win over the Anaheim Ducks. I also want to thank everybody at the audio department, Trilogy Oilfield Rentals and Betway, and our friends at AMA Travel for making the podcast possible. I hope I get to see a bunch of you on the plane to Vegas tomorrow. I'm very, very much looking forward to it. Until then, please tell a friend, tell a relative. Frank, get on mic, man. Come on, you're killing me here. Tell them. That's episode 63 of Better Late Than Never. I will talk to you in Vegas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.